Welcome to Spill the Novelty, where three girlies shout into the void about our latest book hot takes and obsessions. I'm Abby. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kaylee. And this week we're spilling the tea about Bridge Kingdom, a new adult fantasy novel by Danielle L. Jensen. If you haven't got the chance to check it out on Kindle Unlimited or wherever you like to read, here's the tea. All right, so let's get right into it. So we have Lara, um, who has 12 sisters, and they are daughters of the King of Maradrina, or um, the Rat King, as he's referred to. And he wants to bring down Ithacana, which is the bridge kingdom. So one daughter will be married off to the King of Ithacana. Um, so they're raised as assassins to bring down the bridge kingdom from the inside. So basically the sisters and Lara have this big red dinner type deal where their father intends to kill all of the sisters except for Marilyn. Um, and then Lara decides to fake her sister's deaths to save them. And then Lara gets married to Aaron. And then uh, while she's in uh, Ithacana, she discovers a number of weaknesses that could be taken advantage of. Um, and in a moment of high emotion, she writes the details in invisible ink on a letter um, on letter paper in Aaron's room, hoping that he'll send a letter to the Rat King. So kind of like spying and reporting back. Um, but something that makes everything really complicated is that Aaron and Laura are falling in love. Um, but of course, Laura is still uh, kind of conflicted on, you know, where her loyalties lie. Um, and so they get into an argument where Laura, uh, Laura ultimately confronts Aaron about Maradrina. And she kind of starts to have this uh, inkling that things aren't as they seem. Um, and uh, Aaron in turn kind of learns that, or Aaron kind of learns that she is a spy and might not be trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So Aaron decides to take Lara directly to Maradrina to show her actually what the people are going through and that um, their starvation is not his fault. Um, so um, Lara has this pivotal moment where she decides not to reveal Ithacana's secrets to her father um, and she returns back to Aaron instead. Um, however, the next day, the magpie, which is one of her father's main advisors, sees Lara and sees Aaron and so he can instantly kind of put it together that Lara knows um that things are not as was taught to her um so the jig is up and so Lara is very scared for her safety because she knows that her father and the magpie will want her to die basically because she knows too much now um and so Aaron in response writes this kind of secret letter um to the magpie um and says basically like any violence against our queen is violence against us as a country like you cannot threaten her however this is one of the letters that has the invisible ink that has the downfall of Ithacana on it mm -hmm. um so then Mary Lynn comes to visit um and Aaron finds out about the letters I say visit she's very violent um and she yeah. immediately <laughs> threatens Aaron um and is generally like I'll do what you could not do um to Lara so they get in a scuffle um Lara does kill Mary Lynn, um, but now Aaron knows about the letters and mistrusts Lara. Um, and at the same time, they're basically getting attacked by uh, Maradrina. The whole plan is kind of coming to fruition. Um, so Aaron banishes Lara from the country. Um, Lara uh, goes heavy into the drinks because she's just sad about everything. 
um, and finds out in a tavern that Arryn was captured by Maradrina and is being held prisoner in Valencia. Um, and so she decides that she can no longer stand by and just let it happen. It's her responsibility. Um, so she goes back to Ithacana um, and goes to visit Arryn's sister, Anna, and says, listen, I am a weapon. Let me do my thing. I will break into that kingdom and uh, rescue Arryn. And I'm also going to grab all my other sisters that are still alive. Um, and we're going to do it together. And that's mm-hmm. the key. Yeah. Yeah. How so, did you guys feel about, about Lara? I really what liked Lara's character. Yeah. <laughs> um, overall, I think she um, is just really fun, I think, to have, like, kind of a ruthless character for me because it's so opposite to kind of like how I navigate in life I guess so I like a woman that's like needs to get done what needs to get done um she has a lot of inner conflict to deal with um but I think it remains very realistic throughout the whole novel of kind of like her seeing something and trying to justify it to still uh, match with like her previous beliefs um and holding on to that for like as long as possible um and I think there's that my only issue with Laura is that I think sometimes she pretends to be sympathetic too much um like there's the one scene where she's watching the um Amaridian soldiers that attacked um like drown and she's like she is playing it up but she genuinely also feels bad for them and I'm like after everything you've been through like and like you are a tool of war why are you pretending that this is like bothering you um so i think there was like a weird line of like trying to make her still be sympathetic and kind but she's actually ruthless and an assassin and i wish it just would have leaned like ruthless assassin and Mm -hmm. not been weird middling i agree this might be a little this is a hot take this is an early hot take (laughs) we're getting into it i I found myself kind of kind of wishing that laura actually killed her sisters yeah because because i would have it would have just made her a little bit more interesting like i did find her interesting i just thought that was such a good twist and i wanted it to actually be true Mm -hmm. um and it would have been interesting to see how how danielle l jensen like redeemed her after that you know what i mean but instead she was kind of self-sacrificing just as main characters usually are um which made her just a tad boring in my opinion um but i did i did like her i liked that she had some depth to her like i like that she had those nightmares and kind of flashbacks to her childhood because that kind of gave us a little bit of background about her Mm -hmm. and yeah it just gave her some depth that i liked well and i think too like um kind of getting back to the sympathy sympathy point um because i agree with a lot of this like i love the kind of like tough like assassin type thing like i think that it was really interesting that i'll get into this later but i think that first chapter was like one of my favorite openings for fantasy mm-hmm. that i've read in a hot minute like yeah. i really do love that um i think it makes sense that she um ultimately didn't kill her sisters um and that she was loyal like to her family and to um what she considers to be like her people um kind of at least early on the story and obviously that kind of those loyalties kind of change or at least um she has to kind of rethink them later on. But I agree, like, especially the sympathies toward the people who are perceived to be her enemies. So like the um, people in Ithacana or these other areas, like, like you said, Maddie of, you know, these people who are 
drowning who at one point would have been like the villains in her story right who like made Mm -hmm. her people starve like that kind of sympathy I agree was like a little sometimes I just didn't get that quite as much because I'm like these are you're like an assassin or at least like a very skilled um, fighter and these are the people who are hurting this country that you claim or this place that you claim to love so much so um but yeah all that to say I think that she's a she's an interesting character um I I did like her I like kind of uncovering more about her throughout the story Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so how do we feel about Aaron? I've heard a lot like um from book talk and stuff that that Aaron is boring and kind of generic which I agree with that but I know that you guys might not agree as much um I think he didn't there was no like fun banter that we got from him like I don't know I just he wasn't giving he wasn't giving enough he wasn't giving (laughs) (laughs) what do you think Maddie (laughs) I I just disagree (laughs) I think Aaron is actually like pretty well developed um I love that he takes after his mom and he has these like kind of hopes and dreams for the country that are like very antithetical and not very strategic um, to like maybe the short term benefit of the country. And so that's kind of something that he's battling with. Um, I'm also a sucker for like the I'm the eldest, but I wish this wasn't my responsibility kind of thing because my sibling would be better at it. I love that. And so he had Mm. a lot of that in him. I like that he just wanted to be like a warrior. And so we see that at certain points, Um, like when he does the weird thing where he's like trying to prove something to Lara that he's like a bad bitch just like her and he's like watch me do this snake run and you're like you're being ridiculous um but like men are like that so I just think that's nice I think it gave him like some depth and some character that he was like you may be a bad bitch but like don't forget I also am a bad bitch I'm just also a king so I have to like act a little bit professional um so I don't know I really liked him I thought he was good you know, is he going to, like, keep me up at night? No. But I think he was, like, a well-written character in general. I think for me, yeah. it's kind of a mix of where y'all stand. Because um, I, initially, I was kind of bored with him. Like, I understood that criticism, at least, like, early on. I was kind of like, mm, I mean, I don't know. Uh, he's just, you know, insert book boy here. Um, but, uh, which, like, again, not a bad thing, Um we talked about this a little bit in the um, fourth wing episode that we just had. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a book boy, just period. Um, but I, I do want to see a little bit more sometimes. And I think that he developed throughout, like, um, I agree that I think there's a mix of those kind of like funny moments kind of sprinkled in um, mm-hmm. and that kind of seeing his motivations um, and uh, like how he protects his country and things like that um, makes me, makes me like him a bit more, but yeah. Uh, yeah he's just a classic good guy classic good guy and i i'm a sucker for bad boys well i was gonna say zayden is way more of like a classic book boy than aaron is but he's just the flavor of book boy that people like like people like the bad boy that's fair yeah and i'm guilty of it too like i'll admit it yeah but in this book laura is kind of like the bad boy of the book so he needs to have the foil of him being like the good guy because you know the reverse is kind of true in fourth wing it's like violet is the one that is like very moral you have to have the balance golden retriever boyfriend yes exactly yeah yeah Yeah. see for sure yeah fair enough 
Okay. What about, what about like the side characters? Uh, what do y'all think? What do we think about our side characters? Um, for me, I yeah, I think these were just like right out of the box side characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Anna is like your classic, you know, twin sister that's like she's a little edgy and she's like, oh yes, tease my brother, oh ha ha. And Jor is like the ooh, I'm gruff and I don't trust you, like warrior guy. That that's all like the same same. Um, I did think Nana was interesting, um, at least. I didn't know what to expect from her, and I liked that she kind of was like, I'm going to kill you <laughs> to Lara immediately. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, you're <laughs> right, you're right, queen. Yeah. Um, but I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see a lot of her or get to see her like kind of enact those plans. I feel like mm-hmm. for the kind of character they were implying she was, she wouldn't have just accepted like okay well they're gonna go to the other city i guess i'll just let my kingdom fall to ruin even though i think this person is a traitor i feel like she would have done a little bit more but i don't know that's just me see i took it as like she's really wise and she knows that um laura's gonna fall in love with Arin. that's Mm. how i that's how i interpreted it Mm, and, and why she didn't get involved and I also felt like what we got from Nana was just enough because I found myself kind of skimming when we got to Nana's house. I don't know if you guys also did because mm-hmm. it kind of built yeah. that tension where you're like, oh, I just want her to go back and be with Aaron. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's away from him. And so I think if it had been any longer, we would have gotten bored with it. But that's just me. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess it's that like I um, for me, I think nana had such a potential to be like a really interesting character and maybe they'll build on that in the next books i'm not sure maybe that maybe they do um uh but because i think uh like one one thing i really liked i don't remember the exact way that she says it but she um uh basically like says something to the effect of like being like young and attractive like or when she was young she was like attractive Mm -hmm. and like she knew exactly kind of what uh laura was up to and like you know like Nana, Nana back in her hot bad bitch days, you know, like I, I think there was a lot of setup for her being very strategic and kind of getting like what you're talking about, Kaylee, of her being wise and like having this kind of bigger understanding of what's going on. I just, I think that those seeds were planted, but we didn't get to it a whole lot, but maybe, maybe, maybe it does in other books. I don't know. Maybe we revisit Mm -hmm. Nana. Um, Her, her commentary about um, taking a shit in the outhouse was hilarious, but (laughs) yeah, she's got some, she's got some funny one-liners to be to be sure so yeah she does but yeah besides her i wasn't super interested in the side characters so yeah a lot of them just blend into the background for sure but i will say um i think the world building is what really stood out to me in this book um i'm absolutely obsessed with ithacana in general like i love Mm -hmm. um the concept of like it being like a water-based country like they're sailors and things like that they're not bothered by the storms it's constantly pouring rain there's snakes and there's sharks and like all this kind of like wacky jungle life I just feel like I really haven't seen that in a fantasy setting before and so um, that was really really exciting for me yeah Yeah. no I agree I thought the man-eating sharks thing was a bit I didn't, I didn't like that just because I'm very pro shark. And so I didn't like that we're making sharks like this evil thing when it yeah, could have been easily been a mythical, a mythical, it's a fantasy book. So why couldn't it have been like a mythical creature? Why did it have to be a shark? You know, sharks are actually not that bad. We're yeah. very pro um, shark here on Spill the Novelty. So. We are pro shark. Um, I, fo- pro I felt shark. it was more like the sharks are allies. Cause I think at one point they say like, 
the sharks don't even like eating the humans, but they know like these are bad people, so they like chomp so on considerate them. Considerate of them, oh. yeah. They really, they're really softies inside, actually. <laughs> yeah, but then they allegedly attack Aaron and Laura later in the book, so it kind of just doesn't make any sense. But that's fine. True. Yeah, yeah true. The continuity. Do we? Yeah. What do you guys? If you read the Bridge Kingdom? Let us know. Are you pro or anti man eating shark? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let, let the people know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. Um, I think. I would say, like, for anyone who's thinking about reading this, I personally think it's worthwhile really for the world building because I think, again, this is particularly if you're a fantasy reader or, like, um, and you've read some of the big-name fantasies out there that are really popular right now. Like, I think this setting is so unique. um, Mm -hmm. And it's completely, Mm -hmm. yeah. I I was going into it thinking of regular castles and kingdoms and all that kind of good stuff. Um, So I agree. I think the storms, um, storm season is really cool. Um, that whole concept um and the jungle yeah Yeah. the jungle yeah and the bridge even like the descriptions of the bridge were so so good but I just couldn't visualize it like I don't know about you guys like I did I kind of wish there was like a picture or something like so we could see what it looked like um kind of like the map at the beginning it'd be nice to have a mm -hmm. little drawing of the bridge just just to get a little bit more from it because it was so hard to envision like how it opens up and they go in and there are rooms and mm-hmm. it was just, yeah. it was complicated. Yeah, no, I agree. I wish I would have looked up some fan art for this one because we're, we're fan art girlies here too. Um, mm-hmm. So I wish I would have, I need to do that after this. See kind of like what people think the bridge looked like. I would like to know. I ended up picturing it almost more like a, like a fortress of sorts that has like mm-hmm. doors that you can go in, but it's just like the top of it is flat with the land. Cause I think it, they said it's made out of like an actual landmass, right? So they just like carved into it oh, to make yeah, yeah, yeah. it like hollow inside for rooms. I could be totally off on that. So no, I think you're right. Know. But that's how I ended up picturing it is like they just kind of worked with the landmass that was there and made like a little hub where it's like they store things and like, you know, whatever in there. Yeah, I I think too. Uh, I think it became clear to me that this yeah, wasn't a standard like bridge, but I think mm-hmm. at one point I will say again, coming off the heels of like fourth wing, I was thinking like, cause I'm also trying to think of like scale, you know, like yeah. where, yeah. So I think I was also thinking not like parapet in the sense of it being like uh thin and like very like, yeah, hard to navigate, but I don't know. I definitely had some of that imagery in my head too of like, mm-hmm. uh, um, so uh, I would also say too, this is like a random connection I just made but if there's anyone out there um any sci-fi fans who've read um Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer um I it's a this like coastal kind of sci-fi um and this kind of big fortress type thing is a really important aspect of the book so um if you if that's your type of thing and you want to see that in a fantasy um I think this book is really interesting but anyway that's a weird side note <laughs> I was trying to it was calling back to something in my head and I just was thinking of that for anyone who's a fan yeah. of that so mm-hmm. um yeah. What about the like constant kind of battles and stuff like that? What did y'all think about that? I loved it. I loved it. I, mm-hmm. I, I loved that that bit because in most books you have one really big battle at the end of the book, but there's no conflict before that. And I like that it was a constant conflict and you could mm-hmm. see what mm-hmm. Ithacon is going through and why they have war with other nations like I felt like the war was really justified Mm -hmm. um, versus some other books where it's like wait why is this war happening again you know what I mean like I I liked that it was justified so yeah and I think too like 
I really loved the visuals of like when Aaron was explaining how they move the pieces being like the the soldier the forces from like place to place so that they can get anywhere in like a certain amount of time because it'll take them this long to like get from the shore to here and blah blah blah. and I really liked the kind of like puzzle game that is like protecting Ithacana and how it's so like fragile um like for example the one of the big battles um I can't remember the commander's name but the one is like Aster or something um but he he's actually like away visiting his mistress somewhere so he's not where he needs to be when an attack happens so he's super late and they lose a bunch of lives because of it and Mm -hmm. Arn just lays into him and is like you literally cannot be caught slacking during war tides like we cannot have this and so I appreciated kind of like the fragile balance that was there and I think that also shows a lot of like the pressure that Arn is under because it is so fragile and it's so easy to mess up because they don't have a lot of people in the country to like defend them yeah I also really loved like storm season and war war tides like Mm -hmm. I thought those were really great just because you don't really get a lot of weather in other books and I liked that there was weather and in tides and things like that but it made it feel a little bit more realistic to me Mm -hmm. yeah and again I think it just contributes um to this really great or really interesting kind of setting that you don't see um in fantasy period like yeah uh and um, I was going to say, too, kind of on the point of, like, the battles and things like that. I think another thing um, uh, that we've kind of talked about with fantasy and stuff is, like, the pacing of battles and kind mm-hmm. of how they fall or where they kind of sit amid other action or other kind of storytelling in a book. And I think that even though these battles were constant, you kind of got them – they were paced in a way so that you had some other character development and things kind of going on in between you know them so even though it was constant I felt like I wasn't getting like completely overwhelmed by it I just got that sense of like kind of like we are talking about of it makes sense that Ithacana would be going through this constant um Mm -hmm. these impacts because they're so integral to like what the other um areas around them are doing but it didn't feel all like congested I guess yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I also really loved, just as a quick side note, I loved um, seeing, like, the conflict for Lara on, like, she is such a good fighter, but she could not show those skills, like, during the battles. So she mm-hmm. had to find other ways to make herself useful. And so um, the one battle where she's, like, getting out and she's, like, dragging the wounded um, back to the yeah. healers, even though they're kind of still in, like, the midst of the conflict. I just thought that scene was, like, really, really well done. Um, and... Mm-hmm it really was like an important, like a pivotal moment of like her turning the trust um, of the people to her side to their not benefit in the end. But, you know, it was a great scene. It was a great scene. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you actually, I hadn't thought about that too of, um, because I think a lot of that scene, what I thought about was the kind of sympathy thing that we were getting Mm -hmm. back to earlier of like whether or not, you know, how she feels about the people of Ithacana and these other um, areas um, and, like, how what that means for her sense of loyalty. But, yeah, like, not only was it a big moment for kind of seeing um, her as a sympathetic character, but, yeah, as a resourceful character, too, of, like, I cannot step in to fight the way I normally would because mm-hmm. it's going to give me away. So here's how I'm going to make myself useful. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that because yeah. there's a couple different layers going on in that scene for sure. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. What about Aaron Hall? Like, what did you guys think about 
about Aaron, Aaron Hall. I think that's how you say it. I don't even yeah. know. Aaron Hall is how yeah. you say it in the audiobook, at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Aaron Hall was fine. I thought there was a lot of build up to Aaron Hall Mm -hmm. and it was like pretty chill when we went there. Um, I get that the payoff was more supposed to be like our entrusts her now. So we're just supposed to like appreciate it for that reason. But it just didn't really interest me. I'm not a huge fan of like the secret city in the country thing. I just it doesn't I don't know. I don't have the like brain cell required to like get why that's interesting um (laughs) so i was honestly like take me back out to the snakes like i would like to check my bed for snakes like i just thought that was way more interesting so it was fine maybe we'll get more of it in like the next book and it'll be more relevant but yeah pretty much every book every book has a secret city of some sort it seems like yeah i mean even thinking back yeah i mean you know, obviously Fourth Wing, where we talked about um, Akatar. Yes. We'll definitely get to that, of course. I will say, uh, side note, I do like Valaris uh, for Akatar. Like, I think that mm-hmm. the Secret City for Akatar and the way it's kind of set up makes a lot of sense. And I think you get a lot of payoff. Now, granted, yeah. that's over the course of several books. So a repeating theme is like, maybe this will make more, you know, I'm sure this will be a huge thing in the books to come. But I agree with both of y'all that like, yeah, it just... In this book, at least, like, okay, maybe we're setting up for something, but I didn't, I wasn't, like, super interested in it. And and to your point, Abby, and this is a rare Akatar W, in my opinion, I do think Valaris is better done and has a better reason to be secret than Aaron Hall does. Because it sounds like to me, and let me know if I missed something, they're just trying to, like, not show how many, like, citizens they have or don't have is why Aaron Hall's, like, kind of protected. And so it, like, doesn't make as much sense as the really interesting part of Akatar, which is when Reese is, like, I'm a mean man. And then you find out he's, like, actually doing this, like, protect this very special thing. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Like, there was a lot more reason for there to be a secret city than there was for Aaron Hall. Well... It's also because they needed to move people who who live near the bridge away from the bridge. So that's where they take them if they live near the bridge. So that part made sense to me, at yeah. least. Like, they need to move these mm-hmm. people somewhere. So why not the secret city? Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely see your point. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It is what it is. So how do we feel about all the... Uh, for here for everyone watching we have impending letter doom (laughs) in our notes so uh, I just felt like I needed to say it because I was like yeah no fair enough um so what do we feel about like the letters the invisible ink the whole like um the stakes of Laura writing these letters sending them not sending them getting caught you know etc like how do we feel about the letter aspect I hated it. I I found it really <laughs> annoying. Um, and this is one of the reasons I only gave this book three and a half stars. Um, but I just found it really out of character for Lara because she is so self-sacrificing. And, and he already knows that she's a traitor at this point. So why would she feel the need to keep the letter thing a secret? I just, it didn't make any sense to me. It really didn't. I, okay. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. She's preparing herself. <laughs> um, I 
well, as we know, I don't really believe in sympathetic Lara. So I think that's why for me, this actually feels like one of the most in character things she does do in the book. This is how she was raised. This is what she was trained to do. When she's unsure and conflicted, this is her default mode is spy, steal, pass on information, scam. Like this is who she is at the core. Um, And so I think that's why a lot of the times like whenever there's any kind of like high emotion or she's faced with something that she can't quite um, reconcile with what she understands, that's when she always does something that's like super spy That's always when she's looking for a door or something. She's trying to like compensate for for like, I guess like a guilt of being like, oh, I thought it, I thought maybe I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But OK, now I need to like double up and like get back to what I'm supposed to be doing. Um that being said, I really don't love books that are all based on like lying and misunderstandings and it's just like the two characters like can't be um, honest or upfront with each other and that's like the main source of conflict throughout the whole book. It's yeah. just not my mm-hmm. favorite thing. However, if you're going to do it, I think this book does it the best that I've ever seen it done because it's realistic. It's a back and forth. It's a whole struggle. Um And I think the letters are, like, a necessary lever for things to be done because if she actually got to destroy them, like, there would be no second or third book. Like, nothing would happen. It is, like, an unfortunate thing that needs to happen for the plot. I disagree, though, because the magpie spotted her when they went to Maradrina. And because he spotted her, he knew that Lara was on their side. And so I think the war would have happened regardless because of Lara personally well, I, think, true. I think that brings up a good point too of like it could the war could probably happen regardless um but the tension between her and um Aaron, i think like this uh you know this kind of issue is setting up for um in future books future stories to like you know in the event that um he is safe which like i'm sure she saves him or someone you know something happens they're back together like um I think this like keeps that um, thread of like distrust, um, that conflict between them um, really difficult to navigate, you know? So yeah, which makes their relationship interesting, I think for future books. So because he's always going to have to deal with the fact that like, even if their relationship changes um, like at the, at her core, like she came here as a spy. That is what she did. Her secret. She did give up the secrets. Like, so he has to reconcile that with, if he's willing to forgive her, you know? Um, yeah but but yeah i can see it both ways though for sure mm-hmm. uh, and i wasn't sure like at first uh i will be honest too i wasn't sure how i was gonna like the whole like invisible ink thing i was like this could go <laughs> this this could be really cheesy really fast but i actually think it was done well so mm-hmm. um I, but i wasn't sure at first i was thinking of like the little pins like you know you get <laughs> I was like, I mean, look, we all were fascinated by Invisible Ink when we were in like fifth grade. <laughs> I get it. But uh, I wasn't sure how that was, if it was going to be like a cop out kind of. But I, I think I think that it worked well. So, yeah. And also, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I wanted her to go destroy the, the letters immediately. But the moment where Arn goes in and writes that letter that's like, do not touch my queen. Like, if you do, it's an act of war. Mm-hmm. On the note yeah. with the invisible ink. I mean, come on. Like, that's some good irony. Because it's like, he's yeah. doing that to go out of his way to protect her, which also reveals, or, or confirms, I guess I should say, because the magpie obviously suspects it by that point. But it confirms that Arn really 
cares for her and is willing to like go to war for her which is a very dangerous piece of information for them to have um and yeah she's just screwed him over by doing the invisible ink so it's like it's like a perfect awful situation being on the same letter that yeah that's dirty man Mm -hmm. that's that's some wild shit i was like yeah it's kind of a plot hole for me though because um if Laura wrote that in Invisible Ink, then it's clear it's it would be clear to Maradrina that Laura's still on their side. So I'm like, why are they chasing after Laura if she provided all of this information to them? That mm. didn't make any sense because they don't know when she wrote that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I in my opinion, Ooh. they're not chasing after Laura. They're they're just um executing the plan to take over the country i think laura has like this false sense of importance um which is like throughout the entire book she thinks she's the main character she thinks she's the martyr she thinks she's saving Mm -hmm. everybody when she's actually just making decisions on behalf of other people um but yeah i think when they get that information and it's like it's over the course of like several weeks if not months if i remember correctly before they actually make the attack they're spending that time confirming that what she said was true um Mm. in the letter because like you said they don't know when she wrote it so she could have written it as she did when she was still full spy mode um so they're in my opinion they're not actually attacking the country to get laura because she hides out in um i can't remember the city's name now but she hides out there for like a a while and they would have found her if they wanted her that's a good point though because i hadn't thought about that of like yeah on one hand it is wild that um, you know, his letter is there along with hers mm-hmm. and it's like very damning. But yep. but at the same time, like you're saying, Kaylee, like if if they did care about finding her though, yeah, it'd be Yeah, it it'd wouldn't seem, make any sense. Like, make the point moot. So it's like mm-hmm. yeah. But that is interesting. I had not thought about that. Yeah, it's a yeah. pickle. Yeah. <laughs> good point, good point. It is a good point. <laughs> One other thing that I liked about this book was how quickly jensen goes over war in the book like it's kind of summarized a little bit you're not like actively in it and i think that's because it's from laura's point of view at the very end like she's drinking her days away so she doesn't really care about what's happening with the war and so Mm -hmm. we don't have to like care about it and read about it either which i i really liked that yeah i agree um i'm not like a big war girly i'm not a big battle girly um so i think it just really works for me that it's we're kind of seeing the periphery of war happen um and i like you said i think it also makes sense for lara's character because she's also not like a war girly she's an assassin like she's in she's out she's caused this and she's she's off like it's not her role and never was to like be in charge of battles or wars so it makes sense that she would kind of just be checked out especially because of all the guilt she's going through but Mm -hmm. well and especially like again i think one thing I do like about this book was the pacing of the earlier battles. But I think, yeah, again, getting back to the fact that this is all really through her perspective and kind of, or well, not all written through her perspective, but a lot of it's focused on her whole journey, you know, from the beginning of the book onwards. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like even if those battles mattered to her earlier on in the story, because a, she was, you know, directly involved or near and then B it was like her way of kind of learning about Ithacana and it's like true motives and everything. Like, Right, she's she's learned that now. Now she's just dealing with like, yeah, being <laughs> drinking her sorrows away and uh, right. figuring out what to do next. So it makes sense for the battles to be meaningful for her earlier on, but not so much now. Um, so I agree. I think that the pacing was again the pacing was good there as well as throughout yeah. the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of Spill the Novel Tea, where we each go over one thing we're still pouring over from the book in one hot take. So who wants to start? Um, I'll jump in because I, I will say my pour over, it's not. Normally I like to do ones of like things that I want to see um, qu- lingering questions and things I have, but this one's more just something that stuck with me. Um, so uh, I kind of already hinted at this earlier on, um, but uh, I just, I love the opening for this book. Um, I think this was one of the most like fun ways to start off a fantasy novel. Um, again, the whole like killing her sister's scene and we don't, I'm trying to remember how far in are we when we figure out that she didn't actually kill them do you remember? not very far it's like the We're second chapter yeah oh okay it's it's almost okay. immediately because she because uh, the yeah. the king is like all right we'll burn their bodies and she's like no don't and then that's, <laughs> no. she's like that would surely kill them <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah oh, okay. like, please don't fuck up my brilliant plan um yeah. uh but well, for at least even that first chapter, and I think part of it too is that when I read this book, um, I had read the first chapter or so, and then I um, kind of had taken a little bit of break and like come back. So maybe that's part of it too is like I was just kind of like sitting with that scene for a bit. Um, and anyway, I love that. Um, I thought the scene was super cool. Still think about that. That will continue to probably be one of my favorite like fantasy openers. Um, so good. Retweet. And then uh, my hot take, we kind of already talked about it, but um, yeah, after more thought, I don't. I want to care about Nana. I think that maybe she could be a cool character to come back to in the next books. I I would love the idea of a um, grumpy, but still um, previously badass and still badass uh, grandma character. I think that that has a lot of potential for um, setup, but just kind of fell flat for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but who knows? It could be revisited. I think that the idea that you had Kaylee about her being like this wise character, I think that could definitely come into play maybe again. So um, yeah, that, that's my that's my hot take. Yeah. I'd love to for her to show Laura like spying tips and stuff since she used yeah. to be a spy. Like I'd love to see that relationship kind of develop. Obviously, yeah. you know, considering the circumstances, it probably won't be anytime soon. But... <laughs> yeah. 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 But... But it would be cool if if it did. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I got. Well, my pour over. Um, I'm still kind of pouring over the end where Aaron shoots an arrow at Laura, and I'm kind of, mm. I'm kind of wondering if he would have actually killed her had it come to it, or whether he was bluffing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what y'all mm-hmm. thought about that, but I thought I thought he was kind of bluffing, but it is something I've still thought about. What do you think, Maddie? I think at this point, I think he genuinely believes that he's been duped by her. And so mm. I do think he could have done it because I think he almost did it when they were outside the the castle and he had the, the bow trained on her um, as much as he was struggling and he didn't even fully know that she had like betrayed them yet. Um, so I think he was basically giving like a warning shot and then he was like, prepared to do it just because he he was he's losing everything like in that moment he's lost everything um so i think he he could have done it but it would have been interesting for him to do something a little bit more committed i guess like not hit a tree maybe he hits her leg you know (laughs) like just something yeah yeah not a like a non like fatal yeah uh hit yeah yeah 
Yeah, God, I don't know, because I was also leaning toward um, him bluffing. But I will say, again, getting back to that castle scene, or the, um, yeah, the part where he's, like, that happens again, um, or earlier on. And I I want to say, I might be remembering this wrong, but I feel like after that passes, and she starts, she leaves, and he realizes, like, okay, I won't, I won't have to do anything here. Doesn't he, like, get, like, physically sick? Like, he does. he's, like, just so, yeah. 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 yeah, so... I first I think I would say that he's bluffing in these moments where he thinks he can kill her but um I actually don't think so because I think like there's like proof of him like thinking this through so deeply like um like that idea of I may have to kill her like I am on the verge of doing it yeah it's clearly something that he just like he hates and doesn't sit well with him but I I think it might be to the point where he is pretty damn close so but but it's a good yeah I don't know I also think, like, don't forget, he's, like, a warrior at heart. He's not a diplomat at heart. Like, he's had to kill people and make those difficult decisions before. So I would like to see him have to get a little bit more um, ruthless. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then my hot take, which this is a very hot take, but... (laughs) I'm not a fan of the instant love trope, and I thought that this book had that, and it was no exception for me. Um, I also thought that Aaron and Laura didn't have any chemistry, so I'm really hoping to see more of them kind of connecting and more dialogue, I guess, in the next book. The tea. The tea is piping. <laughs> it is piping. I see Matt, Matt, what, Maddie, what, what you think about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just feel like I read a different book. Uh, I feel like they had very good chemistry. <laughs> they had a lot of banter back and forth. I really like the um, balance of like the woman being like a thorn in the man's side and like always challenging him and like that kind of balance, which is what they had. Um, like, was he a comedian? No. But he doesn't have to be. He's just a guy. Um, I mean, like, she isn't funny either. None, none of the book is funny. You know, it's not like Fourth Wing where there's, yeah. like, funny moments in it. It's it's actual fantasy for me um, more than, like, romanticy as much. Um, so I think that's the difference for me. Um yeah, but, but I, I do, what's your what's your justification for them falling in love so fast with barely having any dialogue? Well, I was just about to say I don't love instant love either. And also I fucking can't stand it when the only thing that characters can say about each other for the first like 30% of the book is how hot they are. It's so boring. <laughs> also at fourth yeah. thing, it's so fucking boring to me. Um, but because they had moments like the battle where Lara was like risking herself to save the people that builds a connection. And they had other things as well that were like kind of like building a relationship. Um, I just think there was chemistry. I don't think it was like anything to write home about. I just think it does exist. So I don't know. It's I fair. Think, I mean, it's fair. Agree to disagree. Yeah. I, I think that it like, again, with this book, I just in terms of like how I, overall felt about it too i love the intro i got bored Mm -hmm. there for a bit and then it picked up a lot for me so like i similarly like i i wasn't super i wasn't super about them like as a couple at first i was just kind of like i mean and i think that there are stories that do build the tension better like i almost wished yeah i wish they would have had more dialogue Mm -hmm. even early on just to like even if it's like yeah they clearly and i know she has to be diplomatic but that's part of it too is like 
even if it's just clear that he doesn't like her, they don't like the situation that they're in where mm-hmm. this is happening, right? Like, um, uh, so I wish there would have been a little bit more on the earlier end. I think by the middle and through the end, I I like their dynamic a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I had to I had to kind of lean into it a bit. I'll say, yeah. but it, it picked up. It picked up. I get that. But valid. Okay. Um, it's me. It's me. Okay. So my pour over um is just that i'm really excited to meet all the other sisters and see what they think about laura's plan um Mm. we meet um sarhina i think is how you say her name she's like laura's favorite sister so we like very briefly have dialogue with her in the beginning before laura kills her um Mm -hmm. and so i'm kind of excited to see like what other assassins have been churned out through the machine (laughs) and what they think about what laura did um because and this will kind of lead into my hot take too but um this was always my suspicion throughout the book but mary lynn did not agree with laura's choice and did not see laura as a martyr so i'm interested to see what the other sisters think about laura making that decision for them um so just looking forward to like that interaction and also like are they still alive have they got now are they together like mary lynn obviously left um or maybe the other sisters are back at the the castle i don't know um so i'm interested to see how that will turn out um Mm -hmm. yeah and then my hot take is basically just that Laura is like Delulu throughout the entire damn book. Um, <laughs> she like has some severe main character syndrome. Um, she thinks everything like revolves around her, that it's on her to like make these really important decisions for people um, that like they don't have any say in because she's like, they could never figure this out. It's on me to be clever and like do this thing, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, like realistically five of the other sisters would have figured that out too and like had their own plan cooking so like they all could have just poisoned each other and then like what would happen like hello um but anyways i think that also shows up um with mary lynn because they kind of like tease her showing back up by when they talk about like oh we caught this ship and we like went on the ship and they were just transporting this like really pretty blonde woman and laura's like head empty um (laughs) and then mary lynn shows up drops a bomb and then laura just like kills her instantly and i'm like okay but yeah for what it's worth mary lynn fooled laura because laura thought mary lynn was like so sympathetic and kind and turns out mary lynn is the baddest bitch of them all even though she died true so i think that's interesting that whole scene that whole scene of her coming back and that whole dialogue and everything that was yeah that shit was wild wild. Um, everything about it i I I loved it i loved that part i did too i did too because i i 100 did not think that laura was gonna just kill her like i don't know what i thought i don't know if i thought that maybe she would try to like take her with her mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know i don't really know how i thought that situation was gonna resolve itself but like i did i did not think she was just gonna off her dude that was ooh. yeah i didn't expect mary lynn to actually not be how laura told us that she was so i think it just shows yeah. she's like a really unreliable narrator when it comes to her sisters because they were all scammers you know yeah which i love yeah, yeah. i agree i would love to see how that goes love it yeah Cool. So what did we, uh, what were y'all's like ratings and kind of like favorite, favorite parts? Um, what did y'all think? I gave the book a 3.5 out of five. I kind of mentioned this earlier. 
it it was good it was a good book i just wouldn't read it again which was kind of my my classification for a 3.5 um it was perfectly fine it kept me entertained i did get bored a lot throughout the book and i found myself not really excited to pick it back up i don't really have a good reason for that i think it was just the characters didn't hit for me um, and then my, my favorite part was actually at the end when Aaron shoots the arrow at Lara because I felt like that was the first time we saw him as like a fully a fully fleshed out character with real emotions. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked that part a lot. I think for me, um, I gave it a four out of five. I was kind of leaning towards a four and a half out of five, but I felt like I would get roasted a little bit. And also <laughs> I always am like, half a star to a full star curve after like just finishing a book because I'm like so hyped about it so I was like let's be realistic um but yeah I don't love the lying misunderstanding trope but I think it was really well done for that kind of book I think there's like basically nothing else I would change about it if that's the path that you're going down um so give it a four and then my favorite part was by and large, the opening chapter when Laura kills her sisters. Mm-hmm. It's like such a gripping way to open a book. I've never really seen that done before in the fantasy books I've read. Um, like Kaylee mentioned, maybe Abby too. I was a little disappointed almost that it was not the case. Um, yeah. But it does like immediately bring you into like her being very clever and like thinking of ways around these things. So I thought it was just like a really great way to like immediately introduce us to what Laura is like as a character. Yeah, no, God, the opening sequence is so good. Um, and then for me, uh, I also did a three, five, um, 3.5 out of five. Um, I will say for um, fourth wing, I can't remember. I think I rated lower and then went up a little bit. So I might have the inverse thing. Maybe, maybe it's more of a four for me. Um, but which I will say kind of discussing a lot of like the conflict. And I think there, even if they, some of the characters are lacking some places, I think there are some really good threads that are kind of like, or seeds that are planted for conflict. So maybe I'll rethink that. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll sway one way or the other, but um, I gave it a 3.5 for now. And then um, besides the opening sequence, I would say, um, I really liked when they went to Maradrina, um, undercover. Um, so when Laura gets like really close, um, to giving up the secrets and doesn't. And so just, um, watching her kind of development there are kind of like figuring out where his loyalties are going to have to lie to. I just, I like that scene. I like that they were in disguise. I thought that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the little, I think she was wearing like a little hat or something. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. um, but people, some people are still able to quickly figure out like who she was. So, um, or like particularly, wasn't it? Um, Aaron had a marigold, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like Marisol, 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 the drama. Like yeah. Her her past fling, um, her uh, his past like hottie. She's I liked her. I did like her. Mm-hmm. I've heard, like once, yeah, once I got to know her a little bit because I think she was kind of like a spy and stuff too. But anyway, yeah. um. I, I liked the going back to Maradrina bit. Yeah, that was a good time. Was a it good was. Time. All right. Any any final words? Last thoughts? No. No. Happy campers. Happy campers. That's the tea on Bridge Kingdom. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, please read along with us for the upcoming episode on Heartstopper. Um, you can also stay up to date with us um, on Instagram or TikTok by following us at at spill the novel tea 
Let us know while you're there what have you been pouring over while reading Bridge Canaan and what is your hot take? We can't wait to argue in the comments with you. So that's it. <laughs> See you next Bye. week. <laughs>